welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Here's the phone. Hey, everybody. It's five o'clock. And even though no one's on here yet, I'll give you a second until Tracy Pinter jumps on here. Um, it's Sunday night teacher talk. Uh, and I realize it's a three day weekend and that's even better because I plan on answering even more questions tonight if I can, because I don't have anything holding me up tonight. There's nothing after this. And sadly, the Eagles lost me last week and I don't have any football games to watch tonight either. So, but enough of that. Uh, here's people. There's everybody jumping in there. Um, so I don't see any, there's nothing on the chat. Just saying. Wife. Oh, Just saying. oh there it is. Now it all bumped up on there on one second. Piano boy was first. Good work, buddy. Tracy Pinter. Yeah. Maybe step up your game, girl. <laughs> you little competition. Mark's on there. Mark Darden is a student of mine. Um, I've talked about Mark before. Mark went to Costa Rica with me, and I taught him two years in a row because I taught him in ninth grade and tenth grade. Um, and he's always on here, spreading spreading love. Um, K. Pauly, I think I'm saying that. Johnny, what's up? Molly, Stephen Herms. That's always a touch one for me. Um, Frank from Teachers. Frank's back. Um, Amir Williams. Amir is so look. <laughs> I mean, you were in a conversation yesterday because on my list of things to do, my wife said, what does this say? Make a survivor video. And I said, I mirror wants me to try out for survivor, like make a video and send it in to be on the show. Cause it's his favorite show, like forever. And so I told him I would do it and I was planning it out. My wife was like, dude, you can't go on survivor. And then the more we talked about, it, she was like, dude, you should totally go on survivor. So I don't know that that'll ever happen, but I'll, I'll try. Oh, speaking of Costa Rica, uh, Zachary Richard, I was just saying that we just went to Costa Rica a couple years ago with Mark, my man, Richard Royster. If you're not following that dude's channel, he need to jump over there because he is uh, he's the truth. Um, Tracy Pinter, we got not only did we not get snow, <laughs> it didn't rain. It barely rained. It we were supposed last to get like, night, like it, yeah, like a night. little bit. Right. But then like I went on a run today and I was like prepared to wake up and go on a run this morning. And it was going to be like pouring rain and it was going to be snowing and icy. And I was like, all right, I'm ready. Like I'm, I'm reading David Goggins' book and I'm like, let's go run in the snow. And then it was like blue skies and kind of a little bit blustery, but not so bad. Um, David Marsh. I know I'm skipping all over the place here. Cheyenne Moore. So awesome. What's up, everybody? I love seeing people from... Um, Tracy Pinter, we got a foot of snow. Oh my God. They got all of it then. Because we didn't get like a trace of snow. My kids are so disappointed. They are. Well, our, both of our kids have been sick. So that, I, I think it's it, actually it works out because yeah. then they would be all miserable and stuff like yeah. that. That they missed it. So look, let's um, let's jump into the show here. And then uh, look, as a reminder for those people that don't stick around to the end, because it does get long. Like I don't, I, I look, I get it. Um, Sweet. Someone said I'm in North Jersey and we got about eight inches and nice. Well, South Jersey didn't get nothing. South Jersey is like... Blue skies and sunny. It was blue sky. It was literally blue skies this afternoon. Um, I was spray painting in my backyard all day, making hands on a stick and microphones that will be coming at you soon. Um, so, what was I going to say? I don't know, sorry. You, you stole my time. Anyway, um, I forget. I was going to say something else. Oh, 
Look, for those of you that don't realize that I do this, I go back and I read all the comments after the show. So if you're saying stuff in there and I don't like comment back to something Diane Boyce is saying, do Survivor, uh, like know that I'm going back and I'm reading through all of this stuff too. So I really appreciate everyone leaving leaving comments. Unicorns um, rocks and the snow apocalypse was lame. <laughs> it was it was a no apocalypse. Is that a thing? I think it's a thing. Anyway. First, as usual, I want to just bring up um, Teachers Connect. And, I, and there's two people that if you're on Teachers Connect, I think they would appreciate you going over and like helping them out because they had zero responses. And I always look, I, that's who I always look for. If somebody has a lot of responses. I'm typically like, ah, you're getting love. And I think just like in school, when you look for those kids that like are getting no attention, I go on and I, I literally look for um, things that are visually appealing to me. And so like if someone has like a cool picture of their classroom or something, I, I just gravitate towards that because human nature or whatever. And I look for people that have no responses because I'm just like, I want to go on and bring you some attention or some love. So um, two things that I don't have an answer for. So I'm throwing them to you is one, someone on there named Jade. There's a woman named Jade uh, who said that she's a fourth grade English. She's a fourth grade teacher. And she's wondering what kind of life skills to teach fourth graders. Now, I, I have a fourth grader, like I made one, but I don't teach fourth grade. So I know the life skills I want my child to grasp, but I don't know that they directly relate to every other child, like, like because I think they're probably special to my child. Um, the other thing I would say is there's uh, another woman on there named Irene, and Irene is looking for seventh grade math teachers to connect to. Both of those women are at the top of the page. You go on Teachers Connect. It's completely free. I, I'm Frank. Frank's on here. So if you have any questions, you can ask Frank about it. But I'm fairly certain. I remember you just need your email address and make up a password. I don't think you I don't think you need anything else other than that. Um, but I'm safe. I think Frank's going to say he'll probably answer in on the side if you do. And that's it. Then you enter in. It's just for teachers. There's nobody else even invited into it because it becomes a safe place for teachers to connect. Um, that, that wasn't even intentional. Mama three maestro is saying, I'm sorry, that was difficult for me to say for some reason. Um, question, how do you deal with standardized test pressure? My school is high performing school and I struggle to, uh, with the pressure to keep my scores up. I teach fourth grade writing in Texas. Stop doing, you're doing the thing, right? You're taking my attention sorry. off. Sorry. It just made it sound like I was scolding you. I thought you were going to have some sassy <laughs> oh, comment back. No, I wasn't. All right. Um, look, I, I just, you know, that's such a good question. I, I, I think I just, I just don't care. Like, I, like I don't care about that stuff. So I think I alleviate the pressure from me, and then I just try to make sure that I'm aligning things in my class so that they're helping students on the test. And I think for me, that's that has been identifying what are the overarching things that need to be focused on. Like, so for my guys, it's being able to read something at length, like not just seeing this long passage on a paper on, so in Philly, it's the keystones, um, reading that and then figuring out like, like how do I get them to want to, to not to necessarily want to, but to actually read that stuff first and then answer the questions. I try and break it down and make it as real world as possible, right? There's only so much stuff you can teach kids and say, hey, you have to learn this because it's going to be on the test. But if you can break it down and say like, look, it's actually like a life skill, being able to like focus in on something that you don't want to do. And then instead of being on defense, instead of feeling like, 
oh, why do I have to do this? This sucks. This doesn't matter. I don't want to do it. Like just punching it in the face and like really going after it and trying to do well because that's what you need to do in life. Because sometimes anything from your taxes to clean out your gutters to having a difficult conversation with your spouse, like sometimes you need to just grin and bear it. And the testing is like that as well. And so, um, but like what life lessons can we pull out of this? Now, look, I'll tell you last year I got to, and I'm not going to divulge if anyone from the Keystones actually watches this or something like I'm not going to divulge any of your precious information, but um, I, I was in charge of reading tests to students that got that sort of help last year. Those tests, if, as if you don't already know, are so stacked against students. It is insane. So I had to read the biology test. And just one of the passages, I'm, I don't even remember what the hell the question was, but was about um, manatees. And they didn't describe what a manatee was. They just started talking about it as if the students knew what it was. And I remember um, this guy used to work with Dean Johnson in Camden talking about one time how students don't perform well on tests because they lack base knowledge, right? So, and that was the case there was that my students didn't even know what a manatee was. So how the hell could they answer a question about a manatee when they don't know what it is? It just like, that's where their head went. So I, I get it. It's, it's a real struggle. Um, but I just try it. That's kind of how I go about that. So, and it has to be a mind shift. There's nothing we're going to do in class that you're going to jazz it up and necessarily make it fun that I know of. Um, but sometimes the life lessons like, bro, sometimes you just got to do stuff that you don't want to do and just get down with it and do it. Um, David Marsh question. Do you have a book or a routine for when you get in a funk and feel stressed? I sure do. Uh, Tomboy's book over there. I'm the. Yeah, I'm sorry, I made you get up again. You're really, get, you're really getting some calisthenics in. Should be right under the record player. What color is it? I don't know. It's white, and blue, a little bit of yellow, red. All right. So uh, it is anything by Father Gregory Boyle, right? And look, uh, caveat: I am like a, I'm a religious dude. Um, but that's not why I love the book. I love the book because Father Gregory Boyle works in the inner city, Los Angeles. He has worked with these gang members for like the last 30 years or something like that. And his books are always about the people that he works with. And they bring, they just bring hope. So like the two that I have just right here are Tattoos on the Heart by Gregory Boyle and uh, Barking to the Choir. And so it is, it is all about relationships. It is all about never giving up. It is all about building community and culture and being a safe place for people to come to. Um, like your word is your bond kind of a thing. Like there's just all this goodness wrapped up. And I swear if you watch it. So if you want to get a taste of this, you can go on YouTube. There's tons of talks that he's given. And there's even a documentary that I think it's still on Hulu. It used to be on Netflix called uh, G-Dog because that's what all the gang members call him. Um, you could look that up too, and it will like it'll melt. You'll melt. All right. Next. Um, so Ray Lenz says, "Thank you for mentioning Teachers Connect. We got it, dude. Um, do you know any more life skill special ed teachers on there that I should follow? I don't. Put that out but there put get... yeah. Put so what I would do is go on there and just put in like what you're teaching, and people will find you. Like you'll you'll find your tribe on there. And I don't know if." Um, Frank, I don't know if there's – is there a better way uh, for folks to go on there to sort of link up? Like is there like a like – a, I've, I've not tried to do this, so I'm not really sure. So, But Frank on here might be able to, to hook that up as well and, and know what, what the deal is. Um, 
It's time for coffee. Uh, yeah, Unicorns asked if you can vote more than once. Can I mm. address that? No. I don't think you can no. unless you have more than one email address. Um, but that's that's from what I understand. That's the gig right now. Mr. Matera says that he is uh, speaking in three or four sessions. So Wait, he's speaking in yeah. three or four sessions? Yeah. So he said he'll be in town. So Bro, Matera. Bro. We're going to hang out. And then, um, so... Man, I'm planning some stuff for that Wait, too. Can he come to our house and cook us an amazing meal? Because he's always cooking amazing Does stuff. Does he cook? Matera he, cooks amazing stuff. His Instagram is always him. Matera, my wife wants to know if he'll come over and <laughs> cook us an amazing meal. Because you're always That's the worst. on your He's Instagram. coming to our house. Why wouldn't we make him? He cooks way better than us. Oh, you, you would be embarrassed. Yeah. Like, hey, you want a hot dog? He cooks like a great It's the summer. Like all we eat is jam. All we eat is here. In the summer is either juice fest or hamburgers and corn cob. <laughs> Zoe J is asking, I'm a trainee teacher in the UK and my first interview for a job is Tuesday and I'm terrified. Any suggestions to get over these nerves? So Zoe, let me say this. One, is there any, maybe you can enter this back in the comment and I said, he said, I sure can. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I would love it. <laughs> There's a whole video. Can we make a video? Mr. Matera coming to my house and cooking dinner for me. Um, so so, that is so lame, but kind of awesome at the same time. Um, so Zoe, maybe put this in the comment section also. What is something, are you, do you know, do you have to bring a lesson plan? Do you have to do anything for it on the front or are you just going in blind? Because that, that can make a difference and I might have a different answer for that. The second thing is, look, you need, look, you have to care, right? But don't care so much that like, it's going to, it's going to wreck you. I think my, when I got a job at my current school, the reason I did so well was because I didn't need the job. And I, and I get that you're in a different situation, but like, I just didn't need it. So I, I was able to just go in and be more relaxed, which helped me to not like get nervous about my answers and stuff like that. When I taught like a sample lesson, I was like totally laid back. I'd been teaching all year. I was like in feeling the flow. I was like, like living in the energy as Rob Dyrdek would say. And, uh, and I just killed it. And then that, that, I think that's why I got the job. But if you know, when you're going in, be mindful of, of that, right. As best you can Two, you're going to be nervous. It's all right. Like just be ner Like don't, you're not going to do anything to like, you know, not be nervous before you go in. Um, and I think the third thing is whatever school you go into, Look up stuff about that school, go on their website, read their newsletter, whatever it is, and come prepared with like maybe two or three questions that you're like, when they say, hey, do you have any questions for us? That's usually a signal that your interview is about to be over. Say, yeah, actually I do. I was on your website and I was like wondering about your robotics program or how you guys are able to go to, you know, trips abroad every year or whatever it is. And then ask them to tell you a little bit about that. Now it's going to do two things. One, it's going to show you did your homework and you know a little bit something about their company and you're not just coming in blind. Um, and they're not just another school that you're passing through and doing an interview. And two, it's going to put the ball in your court. Like that, like you changed from defense to offense in that moment and they are answering your questions and then listen carefully. And then if you have follow up questions, you could ask those two. But I think that those three things will help you kind of crush the situation. Um, if she, if she answers that first thing that I said, let me know. Um, and I'll be happy to say, what was her name? uh, Okay, Jay. It was Jay. Zoe J. Okay, I think. Yeah. Um, Kay Pauling is saying, what do you leave for a sub if you're gone for a day 
that is before starting a new unit. I'm a chemistry teacher, so I can uh, can't expect them to know the new material. Look, I have two options. I'm not going to ask you to know. Where's those magazines I just had? Oh, they're on top of the record player. Can you get up again? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I have two answers for that. One, this is the one time of the year that I use the textbook. I always have textbooks on my bookshelf in my room. I never use them because I – not because I'm, I'm not like – totally anti-textbook because the textbooks we have are actually pretty good and they have pretty good reading selections and they have good like journal entries in the beginning and discussion questions and stuff like that. Um, so if you're actively using a textbook, go for it, man. I'm not like textbook hater. Yo, my other new favorite thing is Scholastic. Now to be clear, like I'm, I did a deal with Scholastic. So like I'm promoting their stuff recently, but that besides that, like, look, I don't back anything that I don't like. Like, I wouldn't be on here every week talk to, talking about Teachers Connect if I didn't think it was an actually a good resource. I wouldn't talk about Dada ABC or any of the other things I've sponsored in the past if I didn't really believe in them and think they had value. But the thing I like about these is that there are articles and you can find stuff on science also. There's articles, there's questions in there, they come with lesson plans, and then there's a ton of free resources online that you can use. Um, and they, from like study guides to reading charts, to all kinds of like guided questions and stuff like that. It's really, really nice for when you're in those lulls or if there's a substitute or something like that to use. Um, and I think the, uh, so that this is put out by Scholastic partnered with the New York times, but if you go in New York times, if you go into Google and search New York times lesson plans, you will find their um, education uh, site and there's tons of stuff on there and it matches it with like videos and articles and things to read and things to watch and kind of the same thing. But um, there's all this really great stuff on there too that, that I use. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, so Zoe J said, I have to have a formal interview and a lesson with a class. You have to do a lesson with a class? Yeah. Zoe, do this. Let, let, let's do this. If you want, you can DM me on Instagram. And if you want, I'll do a 15 minute phone call with you to just go over your lesson if you want to do that. Um, and I can talk to you about, you can tell me what you have. I can say like what I would add on to that or, or what I would do with that also. And that might help you feel in a better place. Um, so just DM me and we can set that up if, you, if you're interested in that. If that's weird for you, then um, then I don't know what else to offer. You could. I would like to go to London. I love the UK. Uh, Johnny Chingis, what's up, buddy? Is saying, does it make a difference teaching in a tough neighborhood? The inner city struggle is real. Uh, forget about it. Forget about it. Um, I think so. Look, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm. Are you asking? Do I think I'm making a difference, or does it make a difference like teaching there as opposed to look? So look, let me answer that like this. I only teach in the neighborhood I teach in because I think it makes a difference. If I didn't think I was making a difference, I wouldn't teach there. And I'm going to tell you how I know that that's happening is that I just put out a video last night um, and I can't put everything on there. Like I can't just expose kids and I'm not willing to do that for my own gain. Um, but I did a video in which students came back that were in college or have already graduated from college and spoke to my current freshman and what they had to say was so wild. Like there were kids that like dropped out of college that got in trouble for stuff in college and got kicked out and had to go to another college. There were dudes that like just went straight through, but realized that like 
there's like, they shouldn't have taken out as much like financial aid and stuff like that. And like, um, dudes that have lost a parent while they were in college and had to leave and then had to figure out life after that. There was all these different stories, but all of them were redeeming. It was like every single dude that shared a story with me that day, whether it was in the hallway or on camera or in my class, they were hundred percent real. Like the kid that came in and said, I've literally never been in a classroom with a white kid before. He went to school in Virginia and it was all white dudes in his class except for him. And he's like, and psychologically that was messing with me. And I had to figure that out, but he's like, I did. And one of the things I figured out was like, no one's any better than me. No one's like even that much different than I am. Like we all at our core are trying to figure out life. And that was like such some deep stuff from a dude that I knew And then he went to college and it was just, it was, it warmed my heart so much. And I don't even say that term because it's so corny, but like it really, really did warm my heart. So I know that it makes a difference. Here's the kicker is that I don't think you need to teach in the inner city. If you're not about that life, if that is not your jam, like if you, if you search yourself on the inside and you try and figure out where you want to teach, you should not feel bad for teaching in a private school or a really good public school or like in you know, I don't know, some suburb somewhere because kids everywhere are going through the same thing. Now, look, granted, my guys are going through struggles that like not a lot of people know about um, or not a lot of people want to deal with and stuff like that. But there are rich kids out there whose parents don't pay them any mind. They go to work. They have a nanny or they have no nanny or they're raising themselves or mom is like busy going on shopping tours or whatever, whatever their deal is. Right. I'm just saying, like, I think kids are far more co- like more alike than they are different a lot of times. And I just think that like those kids need love too. Um, Especially when you see crazy dudes out there yelling at like native American elders and like how they were acting. And I don't even know that whole story because I don't watch the news. I just saw it on Twitter. Um, But I just think like those dudes, like, you know, there's a lot of people angry about that right now saying how those dudes in ass kicking, but like, maybe they do. I have no idea. But I just think like if they were taught better if they were given love as a kid and taught how to love people that were different than them it would be a lot different and i just think that's the same exact thing for all kids that are going through school um let's go critical fail critical fail i think i've read a a question from them before that's an interesting name um do you ever end do you ever get to end uh do you ever get to the end of the holidays and think um Yes, they're bloody over. Just finishing our long six-week holiday. Yes, I do. Here in Australia and just real keen to get back to work and uh, see the students and teach. Yes, I absolutely do. Look, I love breaks. I love days off. I love all that stuff. I'm in the job because I like the job, right? So like having too much time off is, is too hard for me. The thing that's the best over the last year, even or two, is doing YouTube, is doing this stuff at night or on the weekends or like, you know, in the summer, I can do it all day long because I'm still in that world. Um, I don't do well with downtime, which is probably why I get up at five o'clock in the morning and stay up as late as I can and do as much stuff as I do because I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy watching TV that much. Like my wife will tell you, we've watched so many shows where I've gotten to like the last season. I'm like, bro, I can't even do this anymore. I'd rather be, (laughs) I'd rather go do work. Like I just, I just like doing work um, or read like, I like reading too. I guess I could just read for a long time. Also, I could totally finish that Goggins book in two days, but I try to limit myself. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely get what you're, what you're talking about. So that thing, that's awesome. That's an awesome question. I love hearing it. 
You got um, one for me? Tracy Pinter is asking for the link to uh, or info to donate through PayPal. I can't find one. So, and how do they find us on PayPal? I do think they just type in Real Rap with the so, Reynolds. Trace, if you go on PayPal and type in Real Rap with Reynolds, um, that link should be there, right there. So I, 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 I think. Um, but it's hard. Like I, I don't want to click off of this thing. But I, you know, I should. Well, I was looking on the other phone. I was, that. yeah. I don't. They don't have an option to like. Yeah. send you a link like or to put our a link. our marital jam is this i get ideas and i want to do them right away when they're not fully fleshed out my wife on the other hand is the is the organized prepared sort that would like wait until everything like all of her t's were crossed and her eyes were dotted and i'm the guy that's like that's a great idea let's do it right now and tell people about it and then they go to our website and they try and sign up for mentoring and it's not set up yet i have to send you the link because we because i'm changed something and you announce stuff before I know, we actually I do that all do the time because i'm too yeah. excited i know so bear so, with us through his excitement no if it was up to me we would got married before we were actually supposed to get married you know what i mean um piano boy is saying what's your favorite unit to teach uh, it kind of changes from year oh. to year it depends on the students um so like in the past couple of years it's been of mice and men because John Steinbeck wrote, uh, who wrote the book, also wrote a play for it. And we would read it as a group in class. And I just like reading things as a play because it's more engaging for everyone. You have like six kids reading at the same time. You play music behind it. Kids do voices. You can act it out. It's super fun. I think um, other than that, I don't They all have their highs and lows. I think I, my favorite book to teach that nobody else likes is Fahrenheit 451. I just think it is brilliant. And Ray Bradbury was like, he he literally predicted the future. Like everything from seashells in your ears that are constantly playing music and advertisements all the time to TVs that are as big as your wall to virtual reality. I mean, that dude was brilliant. Um, and I really like Lord of the Flies also. I think it's a great book. And I think that there's a ton, a ton of stuff you can tie into it and other subjects you can connect to and stuff like that. So those are my my favorites. Uh, Laura Campion, Campion, uh, is saying, hi Reynolds. That's a great profile pic. It looks like the story bird bird. I need some good teaching pep talk as I launch into the second half of the school year, feeling like I need to recharge and change my attitude. Any suggestions? Well, Laura, I am going to, um, do, I'm going to make a video about this because I was thinking the other day about how there's just not enough, right? There's not enough time. There aren't enough days or hours. There's not enough room in my classroom. I don't have all the resources that I need. I often am lacking like simple things that I want. Like, like I read, like one of the things that right now that I'm trying to get help to get is just two laptops. I don't even care if they're old laptops. I need something that I can put a Google doc on because I have two students that I'm fairly certain um, are dyslexic and they're not diagnosed because we're not required to diagnose dyslexia in, in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. So we, so I had these guys that like their writing's all off, but I, the ideas are there. They have great ideas, but if they could type it out, it would really help. But the problem is I don't have it, but the reality is, is that I do not have it. And so it's not going to change. And so I think a lot of times as teachers and it's just as people, right? Like we want to wish stuff was better and instead, I think if you flip that, right, because then it's all about offense and defense all the time, right? You're on the defense for that. But if I go on the offense and I accept everything that I have as my new normal, it changes everything. Like 
Don't have enough desks in your room? Stop complaining about it. There's not enough desks in your room. Friggin' buy some two by fours and a piece of plywood and make one. Have a kid sit on a chair, get a beanbag, but know that you're going to pay for it. Like that's your normal. And I'm not saying that people should not stand up for like having a change in education. I think that's what teachers in California are doing right now. But um, because, because in education, like the fact that we would even have to ask for anything or need, <laughs> need money. Did that kid have pajamas on that were from Christmas? Yep. Um, but I just think that, you know, for me, it's like make something out of nothing. Like figure out how to. You really are coming in on like the most I, serious. Oh yeah, I forgot that I to have. come in and say, check out my candle. Be down. All right. Ow! I really just hit. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Um, so I, I just think that it's like about taking what you have. You have too many kids. You have not enough kids. You have too many. You know other people's stuff in your room you share a room with someone that's a slob like your your principal sucks your assistant principal sucks the kids are too ornery like whatever that's your normal now get to work and that's what i'm saying um tracy pinter and i i realize there's a hundred things wrong with what i just said too but tracy pinter and hair. donna just donated on paypal wait tracy pinter donated and yeah, who else i think how do donna oh donna Donna, really? I just, it was a notification. That nice. Hey, Thank you very much. Tracy and Donna, thanks so much for going on PayPal and donating money. I'm spitting a lot tonight. I really <laughs> hope that doesn't show up. Um, so that was uh, money for haircuts. Yeah. I, I love this, man. Maybe I should have guys get their people's initials shaved in the side of their head. No. <laughs> Questions. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Jennifer Nicole is asking, um, I know somebody with that name. Uh, advice for a teacher without a curriculum. I need high school ENL or known as ESL in other states. Uh, I never heard of ENL before. And outside of co-taught lessons, I make all my own materials. So time consuming. So you need stuff that is for ESL curriculum, but you don't have an ESL curriculum because um, you teach at a school like the one I came from. I would say, first of all, does anyone on here have... ESL like lessons or units or know a place that uh, that Nicole could that Jennifer could find them. Um, if you do, if you could just leave it in the side there, that would be awesome. And then she could just pick it up from there. Also, I'd say two other options, right? Teachers Connect is an option. You can go on there and look for the same folks. Um, or I think Googling what you're look, what kind of lesson you're looking for. And then DOC, right? So what that's going to do is it's not going to give you a PDF that you can't manipulate. It's going to give you um, a document that you can manipulate. And if there is a PDF, uh, there's a company that we use. And I think I think they have like a sample lesson called PDF Element. And PDF Element allows you to go on and you can scan it with your phone. And it takes any PDF and turns it into a Word doc. So now you can manipulate it and change graphics and stuff like that. And it's really, really useful. So, but I think just Googling stuff, there's tons of free stuff online, but if anyone in the comment section or anyone on Teachers Connect knows something, they could probably send you like right to a link or just send you some stuff to start out with or whatever. So that's, that's what I would do with that. Jules G is asking, how do you deal with students who refuse to listen or participate? Uh, I'm soft-spoken, easygoing, and I'm struggling with establishing authority as a student teacher. So Jules, I would say um, one, I've seen your name before too. I just want you to know that, um, that I think, 
Hmm. One, as a student teacher, kids might discount you on the front end because they don't think you're going to stick around. I think that this is a long game, right? Teaching is a, a marathon and not a sprint. And so I think student teaching is mostly about trying stuff out and building your confidence. And over time, as you gain confidence, that kind of stuff won't happen as much because you're, you're more confident. You've seen those behaviors before. I am very seldom surprised by a behavior anymore in the ninth grade. There's like very rarely a kid that does something. And I'm like, man, I never saw that before. It's like after a while, you just realize that it's kind of, everyone you're going to see that kind of same thing i think also it's building relationships and and as a student teacher here's how i would do that um now this depends on the size of your high school because if you have a smaller high school then it's a little bit easier but be in the hallway whenever you can never stay in the room when that bell rings and everyone's leaving you're saying goodbye to everyone be at your door kids are coming into your classroom for the next class be at your door. Beginning of the day, you're out front of the school, you're in the entrance, just saying hi, just saying what's up. Like make believe you're doing something on your phone or look, checking something off on a checkboard or doing something like that, but you're saying hello. When kids are leaving at the end of the day, yo, my man, you did a really good job today. I'm really proud of you. I appreciate everything that you put into it as they're leaving, right? Or yo, I'm looking forward to talking about that more tomorrow. You really brought fire to class today. Or like, yo, what's up with your head down in class, man? Come on, tomorrow. I know that I'm noticing you and I see you and I want, I want what's best for you. So come into my class prepared. Like those kinds of things make a big difference because you're visible, you're saying good stuff. And to be honest, like just not a lot of people are doing that. And I'm going to not put this dude on blast, but this is what I noticed. My kid's school, they had uh, an administrator stand out and at the exit one day that was standing there as the children were leaving. Not one kid said anything to that administrator. And I'm not saying I'm awesome. At, at all, right? Like I'm not on YouTube because I think I'm like the best teacher or something like that. I'm just on YouTube because um, I think I have something to share, not the best stuff all the time. But I say hi and bye to every dude, like all the time in the hallway, right? Like like as much as I possibly can be out there when I'm not dealing with something because I want kids to feel seen. And I don't, I, it was wild to me to watch someone stand out there and not really interact with the students. Like that's why you're there. So I think that's how you build everything. I think that is, and it takes time and it's it's consuming, but I just think that that's the way to handle that situation. Um, Jessica Guthrie is asking, with all the pressure on students' test scores and performance, how do you let their performance not get you down about your passion for reading? Um, look, I, I think, Jessica, you know, the way <clears throat> even to make kids more passionate about reading is to talk about reading. So even, look, I've talked to folks. One of my things I do is every Wednesday is independent reading day for 20 minutes. We read whatever book you are currently reading that I will either order for you. I will just have it in my classroom or you can bring it in on your own. Um, you're reading largely whatever you want and you can read anywhere in the room. You can lay on the floor. You can sit on a desk. You can sit on the windowsill. You can lay on the couch, like whatever you want to do. The idea is to like get comfortable and we're reading together. I'm always reading with the students. But even if you can't do that, I would come in every week and just talk about something you're reading or something you read recently that deeply impacted you or stuff that you read when you were their age that deeply impacted you. And what you're showing is you getting excited about something. Let me let me say it this way. I, I think and I, I, I heard this or read this recently and it really resonated with me. Good public speakers and and people like are good, not because of the words they're saying, not because of the message they're conveying. 
It's because of the way they make you feel. And we all know people that when you're in their presence, you just feel different, right? Like some people bad, but like if you're in the presence of someone that is makes you feel calm whenever you're around them, makes you feel excited, makes you feel like you're full of life, makes you feel safe, right? When we talk about things in class, like if you teach a lesson about something you're actually excited about, your energy is different. You like I know for sure that when I teach Merchant of Venice every year, which is my least favorite thing because the school makes me teach and I don't really like it, um, it is I'm not as enthusiastic. But man, when there's certain parts like in of Mice and Men, when George is telling Lenny the story again about the, the farms they're going to live on one day, I love that part and I know it comes across. I love the part when Odysseus gets back to Ithaca and has to handle things. Like there's something about that part of the hero's journey where he like went through all the stuff and comes back with the knowledge. Like I love that part. Those things, like you talking about stuff that you're actually excited about gets your students actually excited about stuff. Um, Not all the time, right? You're not going to win. Like if you love protons, maybe you can't really convey that, but your interest in science, your interest in a particular part of history, your interest in a particular book, um, I think bring that stuff in with you. And I think you can win with some of that. Um, this is a question that I just, I mean, come on. I, I answered that one for a long time. I'll have a little coffee break now. Mm. You know what's weird? When they put ever on thing. I'm sorry, you have to see my drip marks. But um, best dad ever. It's like. I want to have one that says best dad in this house. I want to diss all the other dads. You know what I mean? They're doing good work. Summer Tate, what's up, buddy? Is saying, um, I feel like I haven't seen Summer Tate's name in a while. Dealing with four eighth graders who interrupt, talk back, and are always off task. I've tried positive reinforcement, including candy and raffle, detentions, phone calls, etc. Uh, any ideas I could try? So I would say a couple of things this summer. One is either more attention or less attention. And the reason I would say that is like, look, I mean, I'm always going on and on about like dudes that I eat lunch with and how I think that that breaks down a lot of barriers because it's like one-on-one attention. We're just talking to one another and I'm learning things about you. I'm not telling you about your behavior. I'm not telling you about how bad you did. I'm not telling you what I want to see in class. Just talking about regular stuff. Um, like, uh, are you awkward? Are you putting your hood up? Oh, look at you. You're like, you look like you just came out of a courthouse and you don't want anyone to see you. Uh, so that has won for me sometimes. The other thing is stop giving them so much attention, right? I think of all the other kids in the class that aren't getting attention because we're just giving attention to the kids that are the loudest, are the funniest, are the, have the best answers. Like, I would go in on Monday or Tuesday and think about the kids that are being underserved and then give them attention. And when those dudes are acting up or they're off task, it's like, bro, that's your jam now. Like, I, like I can't make you do the work. Teaching is in a lot of ways. Like I was telling someone the else day the other day, like you can't get kids to always do the work, right? Like it's like you can make working out as exciting as possible. You could show them the pictures on your Instagram of when you were 300 pounds and now you're down to like 190 and you got nine pack abs and your biceps are huge and you're full of energy and they can know all the stories. You could go to the gym with them. You could run next to them. You could 
encourage them every single day. You could wake them up in the morning to go to the gym. You could do all this stuff, but you can't do the sit-up for them. And some kids need to fail before they get better. And I think that other kids are failing because those kids are being an issue. So I just tell those dudes sometimes like, bro, you want to fall asleep every day? You want to put your coat over your head and like just lay down on your desk and I can't figure out what's going on? I got to let that go sometimes so I can focus on the kids that really, really need it. And then I just let it be known, bro, when you wanted to get it together, like come see me. I'm 100% here to support you and to do whatever I can. But know that that's going to be the jam from then on. That one? Oh, that was just swap my hand away. Oh, thanks, Frank. Just gave what was us that? Frank Shore sure from Teachers Connect just gave us 10 bucks for haircuts. Yeah, Frank Shore. Sure. Uh, That's what happens when the top dog is watching, you know. <laughs> Tracy Pinter. You don't have to read. Just read. Uh, what is she saying? Oh. Yeah. Tracy Pinder's going yeah. to, yo, we're going to have to meet up. She said. Yo, a hundred percent. You should be going to ISTE. Um, Kimberly Wallback is saying any ideas for helping students focus instead of goofing off. I think, look, every once in a while, let's, I, I, there's a, there's a thousand things. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of something that I don't talk about very often. So like, when kids are screwing around all the time, I, I just break it down like, yo, can I break down for you real quick? Like why this is important, right? Like that it's actually important that you're learning what we're doing. And I get that in the grand scheme of your life, when you look back, you're not going to go, I think it was really came down to that Lord of the Flies lesson that Mr. Rounds did on imagery. It was life changing and life altering. No, but you know what? Putting in work is the game changer. That is the thing that separates Everybody, right, from the kids that don't, that are successful to the kids that are not successful is the amount of work you're willing to put in. And how you do anything is how you do everything. And so I think that reminding kids of that, breaking it down, why are we reading, right? Why is reading important? Let me break this down for you. Because more than any other subject, if you cannot read, you cannot do anything in life. I almost said succeed, but that would have been, you know rhyming and very teacher poster reading yes. of you. <laughs> if you can't read you can't succeed because look if you can't read you you're not going to move on and do anything else well and it doesn't make reading like it doesn't make literature any more important than any other you know thing um <clears throat> but if in later in life you want to learn to actually do something like reading is the way or watching youtube videos but i think that that, that's what I do is I break it down. And I just say, yo, look, let's just, let's stop for a minute and actually have a conversation about what we're doing, the benefit of what you're doing and the benefits of what is actually happening in class, like what I want for you. And then I have kids sometimes, like I had this whole conversation with my, my man, Joe, earlier in the year where we reversed engineered his whole life. We just like looked at Joe's life. What do you want to be? Cause Joe's trying to tell me that, and sorry, Joe, not like Joe watches this stuff, but like Joe was trying to tell me he didn't want to go to college. Right. And Joe's mom even contacted me and said, you got to talk to this kid because Joe doesn't want to go to college. So Joe, what do you want to do? I want to be a nurse. I think I talked about this last mm-hmm. week. I want to be a nurse. Well, bro, if you look at, I want to be a nurse and then reverse engineer that guess what B like going to college is part of that. Even if it's community college for two years, to get your nursing certification, you have to reverse engineer it. So I think doing that with students really, really helps. Um, 
Jessica Guthrie gave money too. People give money. So look, we're raising money for kids to get haircuts because I think haircut culture is super important, um, especially in the inner city where like, um, you know, like when your edges start getting all jacked up and stuff like that, or like your dad's cutting your hair in the kitchen and he's like, I don't know, sneezing while he's doing it. Um, it gets messed up. And so Jessica Guthrie just gave money so that my guys could get haircuts. And that is, thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that. Um, I need coffee is, that is a fantastic profile picture, by the way. Um, I need coffee is saying, I just completed my internship and got hired this semester. I need to call home for students about behavior and I'm very nervous about it. Do you have some formula about, um, that you follow when you do those phone calls? Uh, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I hate calling people's houses too. I'm always <laughs> nervous that I'm going to get yelled at or something. And I think, I, you know, but here's the, the funny part is I've literally never gotten crap from any parent ever. I, it's always only ever been appreciation when I've called home. So I don't know why I'm weird about that. I think calling home and saying, hey, look, I just wanted to put this on your radar. This is what's happening in class. And um, and I always say this. And I am fully, I fully realize that you know your child better than anyone. And I'm just wondering what has worked in the past? What has worked with another teacher? What could I do to sort of help you know, your child with this, like while they're, while this is happening in class. And that will, that, what it does is it puts the ball in the parent's court and it also honors the parent because whether we like it or not, even if parents aren't very good, they generally know more about their kid. Like they no, flat out know more about their kid than any teacher does. And I, I get that we don't, we feel like we know our kids better than their parents sometimes, but They've seen them over the years. They've seen how they developed. Like I notice with my own kids that they do the same funny, quirky, weird things that they always did for the last 11 years. So um, I, that's what I would do. That, and that's exactly how I would say it when I call home. Uh, Elizabeth Spoo. Spolman. Elizabeth Spolman. I'm going with that. Uh, what are your favorite review games? I like doing Quizzo. Um because I think it just gets them ready for bar culture when they're older. No, uh, Quizzo I like, and because I do four rounds typically of five questions each, and then there's a bonus question that's something ridiculous. Like, who was the first hip-hop artist to ever get uh, an endorsement deal? Um, where does cinnamon come from? Um, what is that little pocket in your jeans that's at the inside, that little tiny one on the inside of your pocket? What was that created for? Uh, and I always just add something weird like that in there because it just makes it more fun. Then while I'm tallying up the answers, I go on YouTube, I play Jeopardy music, but there's all kinds of weird Jeopardy music. Like there's like trap Jeopardy, there's like 8-bit Jeopardy, Jeopardy hip hop remix. Um, there's all these different weird ones. I play that while I'm tallying the scores, write them on the board and then that's done. Um, or Jeopardy was cool back in the day, but I find that Quizzo wins more than, than Jeopardy does. And then the winning team, gets the vibe for extra credit points by playing fruit ninja on my Promethean board. And that is always hilarious and awesome. Uh, Teachers connect said Kahoot is a good app for reviews. Oh yeah. Tons of people use Kahoot or they use, um, there's a ton of them out there. My man Bluth uses some stuff too on there, but some of those like require kids to have phones and all my students have phones and I don't want to put them on blast. Yeah. Quizlet's a good one. Um, yeah, there's if anybody else has cool like uh like what do you use? Yeah, that, that's a great idea. Um Jessica Guthrie says, with all you do teaching YouTube, mentoring, parenting, 
And the fact that you do it all so well, thank you very much. I'm not sure that we do it all so well, but appreciate it. Just saying. Um, What am I saying? How do you balance work, life, and family? I, so I think what, you know, it's, it never, it's never ending. I never find the balance that lasts forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I think we're always growing and trying new stuff. So like right now, I want I just got asked by a lot of people in a DM because I, I passed a comment on a on a, an Instagram post. People are asking about my morning routine. I think I'm gonna do that video about like what is my morning routine, but essentially like I get up early. I don't I don't I never wait for the alarm to go off. I'm up at five. I don't need to get up till six, six twenty, something like that to get to work on time. Um, but I get up at five because I get up, I go through my morning routine, and then what that is doing is it's sort of like priming my brain and my heart and getting me ready for the day. The other amazing magical thing that's happened out of that is my wife for literally the first time in her life has started getting up early <laughs> and we have conversations in the morning without the kids asking for breakfast, without anyone needing help. It's dark, it's quiet. Um, and I just love it so much because we get to have these uninterrupted talks and a lot of times are really energizing, like things we get excited about. And then I've been running every day. My plan is to run 365 days in a row. Today was day 42. And so I think just those two things have really like reset me because I'm getting physical activity every single day, even when it's cold out, even when it's nasty out, even when I'd wait for a treadmill the other night at Planet Fitness. Who waits for it? It's like, come on. New Year's resolution people, hurry up and get on with it because I'm we don't want to wait for a treadmill. But the other thing is um making sure I wake up in the morning and there's no lag. Like there's no like what the way I do it is I put my feet on the floor. So if you have a hard time getting out of bed, guess what? At 42, you put your feet on the floor, fall back asleep, you're gonna have problems for the rest of the day. Um, and that has been awesome. So th- that's two of the things I've been doing lately that helped me kind of get in front of my day, get a view of what I want to have happen in my day, get excited about the day, all that stuff. What do you got there, buddy? I got one, but we have people to suggest for that one. Okay, dope. Um, Rudolfo Izara is asking, what do you think about teaching English abroad? I am an EFL teacher and I want to, I want to adventure myself to teaching English in Asia, China specifically. So first of all, can we hook him up with our home girl? Um, Nahara, Nahara, Nahara. Um, I don't know. What's her Instagram? I don't know. Here's so, what I would do. Just say it, and if she watches the replay, which a lot of Rodolfo, my friend, um, is, I forget what it is. I haven't seen it in a while. It's Nahara. Nahara, she teaches in China, and so I think that's an awesome idea, man. Like if I had started teaching earlier, I would do some. Another crazy person stuff. is on Instagram, um, Gary Gray Jr. Oh, Gary Gray Jr. on Instagram. Um, he's a good friend of mine too. We made a video about why more men should consider teaching. So if you want to get a glimpse of who he is, he teaches in China. China. Is it China? Somewhere, somewhere in Asia Asia. he teaches. Uh, so you could hit him up, just DM him, tell him that I sent you over there and he can give you like the, the lowdown on that school too, that he teaches at, and he loves it. Um, What do you got? Oh, you were dropping the ball a little bit. No, I posted it. Shush. Oh, posting about Gary Gray Jr. (laughs) Such a great name. Mm -hmm. If if he was my friend and I saw him all the time, I would just call him Gary Gray Jr. Not just Gary. (laughs) Gary Gray Jr. Um, 
Summer Hayward is saying, any tips for extreme burnout? Teachers around me are all talking about how they wish they picked different profession. I'm exhausted and overwhelmed. This is my third year and it's kicking my butt. So first summer, um, gosh, I hear you. I, I mean, it is, I think, oh my God, I, I look, there's a thousand things and it really takes me knowing like what your particular situation is to really, really be able to speak to it. I think sometimes teachers act like they're the be all end all. This is not a diss, by the way. I'm not. I'm not speaking like trying to put someone down. I just because I do this too. Like I feel like we're the last line of defense. Like if we don't do this, if we don't change this kid, if we don't help this dude out, it's all going to go wrong from here on out. It's just not the case. Maybe like work together as a team. Put a team of people together. Identify students. I think. Look, let's throw some ideas out there. I think one thing I would do is if you're on the ninth grade team, right? You put every ninth grader's name up on a board, right? And I can do this because we don't have, we have like 120 freshmen, 130, maybe something like that. Um, in professional development meetings, we sit there with the ninth grade team and we figure out who gets down with what ninth grader, right? And, and I don't think they've actually done this this year, but we usually do it. Then uh, you put like your color posted on any kid that you get down with, any kid that you have a relationship with. What that allows you to do then is see who's getting too much love and who's getting not enough love. And then what you can do is like help those students out. And then that's going to recalibrate behavior in your classroom. I think also doing stuff that's nice for yourself. Like I'm going for a massage on Wednesday because well, that's largely because my muscles hurt from running so much, but it also just recalibrates you taking a night off. I over break over winter break. I did nothing. And largely that was because my grandmother passed away, but it was a time for me to reset for two weeks I watched a lot of movies. I slept late almost every single day. Like I just did a lot of downtime and I had to force myself. Cause like I said, I don't do that very well, but like I just hung out with my kids, went to the movies, went to the trampoline place and it was so rejuvenating. It was awesome. But if you're in the thick of it, I think finding friends and building in off time, like it's a part of your job, like you're paying yourself. That's what you need to be doing. And then letting yourself off the hook and knowing that like you are not the be all end all. Um, and that's not a diss. Like I said, it is just facts that like, you know, we, we need to let ourselves off the hook a little bit um, because I think in doing that, it frees you up. You feel like you're in a better place and you, you, you do better. And I think other than that, I think exercise and sleep are the best. Um, American military equals freedom. Infowars. I don't I have zero idea what that means. It's not online. Oh, that's weird. I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm going to remove that, dude, because I don't even know what that means. And if, what? Who knows? Um, what do we got? Sylvia Gasek? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Sylvia, I apologize. If you don't watch this channel very often, you would know that I can't say people's names ever. Um, and it's just my own undoing uh first year teacher here good job i am burning out so quickly working with in a very low income low performing school students don't seem to care and it kills me that i can't help them any more than i am i would say this sylvia look it, it, it is the season first of all everyone um and i don't know if that's because no one's getting outside no one's getting enough sunlight i really think a couple of things one gosh how do i want to put this 
I, I hasten to say the same things because it really depends on like people's like particular situation. Um, I think reminding students why you're actually there, why it's important. I think bringing people into your classroom, I think like in like literally going on and DMing. So I, I hooked up with this homie the other day. There's a new movie that I watched the other night on Netflix and I don't usually watch movies because I can't get all the way through them. But there was a movie called Bill Murray stories. And it's all about all these crazy stories about Bill Murray showing up at like a, a at a frat party and washing dishes in the kitchen to Bill Murray showing up at a construction site and like reading poetry to the construction workers and Bill Murray walking through a restaurant, grabbing someone's hamburger, taking a bite out of it and then telling them no one will ever believe you and putting their hamburger down like crazy stuff like that. Right. And I have a friend that that happened to with Bill Murray that met Bill Murray in a bathroom has this whole story. But um, as I'm watching it, I'm realized that the creator of it was from my neighborhood that I grew up in. So I do, I DM him from Haddon Heights, New Jersey. I DM him and I'm like, Hey, I don't know if you're ever in Philadelphia anymore, but if you are, would you ever consider coming to my class and like telling your story and sharing about like how you got into how you got into, cause he never went to college or anything like that. I just thought it would be a different narrative than normal. And he DM me back. He was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Then I found out that my cousin went to high school with the kid that played um, cyborg in the justice league movie. So I DM that dude and I haven't heard back from him yet, but like, the idea there is, is that you're bringing other people in that have some sort of status, like find out what your students are interested in and then reach out via DM, always DM because everyone gets phone calls, everyone gets emails, it's like everyone gets Facebook messages even. But unless you're trying to hook up because you're 21, it's like, you know, or 21 and younger, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how, how people hook up really, but like, um, that's a great white space to connect with people and bring them into your classroom. And I'm telling you, it changes kids. I, I've, I've had everyone from entrepreneurs to, uh, comic book creators to, you know, like, um, one of my favorite all time <laughs> idols, Mac Primo, this creator, like we went to his space, like we got invited there. Um, we are going back to see Gary Vaynerchuk again next month. And so that was the, a big, big one. But it's all through DMs always. And it always hooks it up. And then you're energized. The kids are energized. You you know, it's it's fun. And your school gets energized because, like, someone's doing something awesome. <clears throat> so that's just how I would do that. Kimberly Wallback, what's up, Kim? Says, I'm a para in a class where teacher has no control of any of the class. Any suggestions? Kim, look, that... That's a really tough one because that that's just like when people say like they work at a school and their principal sucks and what should they do? It's really like there's not a lot you can do. And look, I, I think being honest about this is, is really good because you're not going to be able to turn that class around if your para sucks. Um, but what you can do is low key like build relationships or maybe have like the conversation and say, look, this isn't going right. How can we work? How can I support you to help make this class the best that it can be? And then you're putting the ball in their court. You're letting them say like what they think they need um, because that, that could help as well. And then building those relationships outside of class is going to of course help as well. Or maybe, you know, um, I, I think sometimes it's like, is that the right school for you? Is that the right teacher for you? Like, can you go to anyone else and ask if you can switch out? Like, what else can you do? Because um, sometimes those things just don't work together. I've had a number of 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 uh, 
not paras, but like uh, co-teachers in my class that like is just not worked. We're like homeboy was like sleeping in the back of my class. And then when he would wake up, he would tease the kids and get them all riled up and then fall back asleep. And it was like, bro, you suck. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't have an exact answer for that. Um, but what you could do is either go on, like I, I maybe like teachers connect or like we have a closed Facebook group that like you could go on to and, and pose that question. And maybe somebody could say like, you could get into a little bit deeper with them and, and they can give you like some like, Hey, I've been there sort of information. Uh, Steven Kata, I think that's right. Says, Hey Reynolds, um, after taking several months off for self-care, I'm in the process of returning to my student teaching practicum. How do you promote self-care? Not only, to yourself, but also to your students. I think I promote self-care to my students by living it. I promote, I promote everything by actually doing it. Right. So here's here's a key thing that I think this is a new video coming up too. If I want my students to work hard, I have to work harder than they ever will. Right. If I want my students, this is a straight Ray Fesquith thing. If I want my students to be nice, I have to be nicer than any of them. You can never expect your students to work harder than you're working. And if you're not working hard, you cannot, you cannot sell that narrative. It's, it's almost like someone that's out of shape telling you how much, how important cardio is, right? It's like, bro, you're not, it's like every like overweight gym teacher I ever had. It's like, I don't understand how we can convey this information, the importance of health and wellness if we're not living it. And that is like, but if it's not important to you, then you know, Merry Christmas. You can go ahead and do that. But I, I, I think so. One of the exciting things lately has been for me to, to walk students through my life. Like when I I talk about my running, I talk about um, last summer when I was like uh, training for a triathlon. I talk about and then how I failed. Like I didn't even get there because it turns out swimming in the ocean is a hell of a lot harder than swimming in a pool. There's no black line to follow on the bottom. It's like where to go. Um, I think telling students like when I'm building a YouTube channel and the guys that have graduated have seen my YouTube channel grow over time, seen my Instagram grow over time, seen like some of the, even the equipment that I've gotten has gotten like slightly better than like when I was recording things on my iPhone four before. Now I have a real camera. Um, I think talking about how you do self-care and then kids seeing, yeah, that dude does seem calm. He does seem strong. He does seem like he loves himself. He does seem like whatever that you're, you're emulating that you're creating that connection is one doing self-care comes down to making it an actual priority. It is a non-negotiable. I wake up at 5. AM and I do the things that I do. It is non-negotiable. I run every single day or exercise every single day before I started this silly running challenge. It is non-negotiable because when I find that I don't do that, it my performance level always drops. And I don't think it is very hard to do any of that stuff. I think what we do is we go, all right, you know, you go from not going to the gym or not working out or not praying or not meditating or not being with friends to like, I need to do all this stuff at once. And I think you need to rig the game to win. Wake up in the morning, meditate for five minutes, um, do 10 jumping jacks and get in the shower. Like that, that's it, right? Like, like rig the game to win. And when you're doing that, that self-care, I think you you start noticing how good it is, and then you scale it from there. But that is exactly how I would do it. And I would talk about what you're doing with your students. You don't have to get all mushy, you don't have to go too far. Mushy is kind of the wrong word, but like you don't have to go too far. You don't have to tell them about like 
bringing up the girlfriend or like any kind of weird stuff, but just be like, yo, like as dudes are coming in, like, yo, man, I got, I like ran this far today or I ran my fastest mile or I did this or I did this or I did this. And I think you're living the example for the students. Uh, just incredible studios. Hey man, I haven't seen in a while. Says, hey Reynolds, I've been subbing for a month now. And this week I had a student last period spend 20 minutes in the bathroom. Any advice on how to deal with that? Um, I would look real rap. I would just make fun of them. I'd be like, Oh my God, dude, are you all right? Like, I seriously thought you fell in. I sent a search party out for you because I, I couldn't find you. Like we, we thought you got, you flushed yourself into the toilet. Um, and then the next day, when the next time you cover and they go to the bathroom, I always say, I always say something weird to anybody that wants to use the bathroom. And they're like, can I go to the bathroom? I would say, wash your hands, you know, or like, Hey, bro, everyone's been talking about how you pee on the seat. Can't, can't do that anymore and it just like makes it funny but for someone that used it too long i'd be like bro look i'm giving you like three minutes and if you don't come back i'm gonna have to send someone in there because i'm just i'm just nervous something's gonna happen to you and that handles the situation better than being like yo you went to the bathroom for 20 minutes last time let's hurry it up this time or you know <clears throat> i'm just not gonna let you go anymore it's just noting it laughing about like letting them know that if they didn't get away with it <clears throat> turns out talking for an hour and <coughs> eight minutes makes you cough makes you cough that's how i would do it what do you got thanks buddy i don't know if that's a question or not you can go to the summer is it? uh i can we'll read it and see what it says summer hayward is saying i don't know if it's asking um state test pressure plus students who don't care makes me feel like i'm drowning in expectations that i can't meet summer here's here's what i would say i think you need to take an inventory of what it is that you actually want to achieve, right? Like, what do you want for your students? Exactly. Like when they exit your classroom after X number of months, 10 months or whatever it is, nine months, what do you want your students to have learned? How do you want them to have grown? And, and, you, and you have to make it like, like numbers or, or, or like quantitative data. You can't just say like, I want them to get better at reading. I want them to be better at asking questions, but like, how so? Critical thinking questions. Do you want them to be able to write a certain amount, read a certain amount? Like, I find that like a lot of times, and this isn't like I feel like I have this caveat a lot, but I, I just want people to know that I'm not trying to diss them. Um, having like a vision of what you want that year to look like, it makes it a lot easier because then you know that like when things go off the rails a little bit, like maybe you're still hitting your marks. Maybe you're still moving towards that thing. Maybe like, a, like we all have downtime, right? We all have days when we don't want to do stuff or like you had a fight with your husband or wife before you went to school or your dog's sick or your kids were up all night. You just tell them, God, you don't have the juice that day to do the job. And that's all right. The students get like that sometimes too, or they don't see where this is all going or it's too boring or there's shit going on at home or, you know, they got a bad haircut or like whatever it is. Like there's stuff that sets all of us off. It's about figuring out like what is what was your hope for the whole year anyway, and then are you still moving towards that goal? And then how close are you hitting your mark on the way there? That's that's what I would do. What do you got there, buddy? Joanne, but then she said, "I could use your good old pun aid easily." Say, "Oh." Joanne. But yeah. It goes oh, oh okay, okay. 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 So Joanne Markov is saying, how do you handle vocabulary between academic vocabulary, words in context from reading 
uh, Greek and Latin roots, words, prefixes, <laughs> suffixes, and common core testing vocabulary. There's so much. Um, I can't do it all, so I wind up doing, wind up, uh, oh, half-assing it. It says half-asking it. Um, okay, she down okay, Yo, look, Ron Swanson, the, you know, <laughs> pillar of greatness, said, never half-ass anything whole ass everything. And so I would figure out like, look, sometimes like if you look at common core, sometimes it's just ridiculous what you're going to want to get through. But my man, Mr. Rogers said, simple and deep is far better than, than wide and complex. So what you want to do is figure out what you actually want kids to learn and then go full force on that. And that will have greater meaning than just saying you did all this stuff and instead focusing in on like, all right, we have a hundred words this year, whatever, whatever, let's just threw that number out there. Like however many words and then do it. Like those, you, they will have mastery over instead of worrying about all the other stuff. Um, and that, that's just how, it, that's and the information because that's how we do it. Is that, oh, did you have another one on there? Yes. Thanks. Sarah, hey, what's up, Sarah? I see Sarah on Instagram all the time. Um, just started student teaching in seventh grade, and I'm trying to build relationships with my students. But being only 22, I'm worried that I'll give the impression that I'm a friend instead of a teacher. Uh, Sarah, this will always happen. This happened to me the other day. We're like a kid. Um, I, I'm not going to tell the story, actually. A kid went too far. Right. They like thought they could do something and they couldn't do it. Or even kids that like sit behind my desk and try and go on my desk to get something out, bro. I'm like real weird about that. Like, don't go on my desk. Like, don't even sit behind my desk because I call it the throne. Um, don't sit on my throne without my permission. Um, or kids that like I, they just go too far. You guys gotta check them and say, bro, what are we doing? Like, do you realize like there's a couple of things you can do? You can go, look, I see what we're doing here. But you doing that means that I'm, I could lose my job, right? Like my kids got to eat. Do you want my kids to eat? Have you seen how cute they are? I didn't have ugly kids. Like I got cute kids. I want them to eat. Um, or telling kids like, look, I, like I don't want to be your friend, right? And that's not because you don't deserve great friends. You're awesome. Like I think you're amazing. I'd rather be like a mentor, right? And just putting that in very plain language. Like, look, friends – you know, and, and however you want to kind of paint that picture. But like, I just think mentors are good at like checking you on your stuff and letting kids know like, yo, bro, I, this is how much I care about you is I'm willing to put you in check when you do something. Because I think this idea of becoming friends with students means that you can't put them in check, um, which is really unfortunate because, you know, I put friends in check all the time and, and they do it to me. <clears throat> so I wouldn't be worried. Do not not build relationships because you think they're going to think it's something else. I've seen your Instagram. You look like a lovely human being. You look like you're very friendly. That looks like it's authentically you anyway. Be the authentic you and then move forward with that. And if you have a problem, then let's have that conversation. Like show up in the live feed, shoot me a DM, shoot me an email and we'll handle it. Um, but I would go forward with that because look, I think too many teachers are operating out of fear anyway, a lot of times when it comes to relationships, because they're scared and there's good reason, right? Like, like, look, this is, uh, I get that I'm a dude also. And that like, I, I feel like that sometimes gives me a level of freedom where I'm not worried about like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm a, I'm a guy teaching at an all guy school. Um, and I don't 
and for some reason, I feel like that that gives me. I'm not dealing with so much like like someone likes me or someone's looking at me the wrong way or they're going to get the wrong idea. So I get that. But um, at the same time, I do get those like dudes that go too far. It's always going to happen. But I, I, I'm betting on the students anyway. I'm betting that relationships are that valuable that I'm still willing to do it. And when I have to have a hard conversation, I just do it. Um, and I'd be willing to help you with that. So let me know if, if that comes up. Haley Hunsucker is saying, hello, have you ever had a student pass away while in school? Have you, how have you helped your students through that? We had two students pass away this year, one by car accident and the other suicide. Haley, I did, I had, um, just last year, we had five boys that were, that's her first year teaching. That's her first year teaching. All right. So that's going to be different. I linked your video. All right. Okay, do. So I made a video about this. So for anyone else, like I made a video called how to help students cope with loss. Um, Five students were shot last year. One was an alumni that everyone still knew uh, that was killed at, I think at a party or something like that. Another boy on Thanksgiving ran into an apartment building, tried to save his sister uh, from an abusive boyfriend, got shot and killed. Another boy, wrong place, wrong time on Easter Sunday, right before dinner time, got shot. Um, and then those wounds took his life. And then two other dudes that got shot and lived last year. So like, I do know this life. I think the best thing you can do is offer kids space to talk about how they're feeling. And I think, I think do this for coworkers also, and then realize that that pain doesn't go away. Like I, I, I literally just DM someone about this because I want to make a video about this. It's almost like if you've ever dealt with loss in your life, right? Like, so when my mom died, um, there were all these people around when she died, like we we're all surrounding her and then she passed away. And then for a week or so after that it was like tons of food was coming to the house. Presents were coming to the house, attention, phone calls. But then at the end of that week, like I, I, I can't fault anyone because they need to get back to life, but everyone went back to life. They went back to their jobs, back to their families, back to their regular stuff. And I was felt like I was left crushed for like years like nobody wanted to talk about it anymore. No one wanted to hear what I had to say. No one wanted to hear about my pain that I was going through or how much my heart ached or how certain things would just make me cry out of nowhere. And I think students need to know that people are still there far after the inciting event, that after the candlelight vigils and the news cameras go away and all this, all the hubbub stops, that someone's still there and that could be you. Right. That could be you saying, hey, guys, like, you know, and it's a waiting game. Right. There's nothing more you can do right now except for just give kids a safe space to speak their mind and maybe point them towards avenues of, of help, like uh, therapy or something of the, along those lines. Um, or reminding kids that, like, yo, if you're thinking about this, if you're thinking about suicide and you realize that no one you think no one else can help, no one cares. I'm telling you right now. I 100% care and I talk to any of you at any time about anything. Come see me. You will always have someone and there's more people than you think in the school that will care for you. I think that sort of reminder is sometimes enough to like break through to kids and then they will come talk to you in droves sometimes about stuff that you don't feel comfortable talking about, but you just listen. You don't have to have all the answers. Just listening is one of the best things you can do. Just sitting in the shit with kids is enough sometimes. Uh, Sylvia, whoo, Sylvia, I'm still not going to get that last name, but I like it. Um, Sylvia says, 
I do have a question though, which may be too long to fit in one message, but here it goes. The school I work at, I love, and ideally will continue working there next year. However, my alma mater may be hiring next year. Would it be okay to interview and see if I get a shot to teach there? I would love to teach there, but if the staff aren't as wonderful as my current school. Eh. So look, I would do this. You know, I, I preach a lot about staying still, about staying in the, in that school that you're in, um, because I think that it provides uh, consistency for students. And I think that students can just keep showing up and like you're there all the time and it's important for them. But if you are half thinking about something else, maybe try that out, right? Like, like if you're not solely invested in this school and you haven't been there so long anyway, giving it a shot, because what, what you don't want to do is like, um, is think that like that, that could have been the, the school for you and that you missed this opportunity. So maybe try it out, but maybe go back even before say like, Hey, we have off this day or take a, take a mental health day and like go there and like kick it for the day and like sit in on some classes and see what it's like to be a teacher there. Like, um, because you haven't been a teacher, you've only been a student and see what that's like. And that might be, that might help you get some vision for whether or not you can see yourself teaching there before you even go for the interview. You go holding it up yes. back to the courthouse. Yeah, go ahead, girl. Um, okay. Uh, Lori Sullivan is saying, I just accepted a job in an alternative school for kids who are failing public schools. Any advice for the coming mid year? Uh, I'm also a first year teacher. So first of all, Lori, Coming in mid-year is just tough anyway, um, because I don't know why you're getting a position there. Like, but if somebody left or if you're filling like a void, then that can be difficult because that means you know sometimes kids feel like they ran somebody out or that like kids no one cares about us or that they don't always no one no one wants to stay here. Um, so I would say be patient with yourself find out where the kids are, have a sense of where you want them to be by the end of the year. And just, I would take it as like, try everything. Don't, don't, and try everything, but do not under any circumstances think that the kids were waiting for you all along. They've probably had well-meaning teachers, any number of them over their lives that didn't cut it most of the time. And, and, and so um, cut yourself some slack, try a bunch of crazy stuff and then be ready to go into it full force next year. So this is almost giving you like a preview for what next year could be. Um, and when you're dealing with students like that, I really think just trying, um, they're trying to like, look, I, I just think like being real with kids helps, right? So like, yo, look, you don't, you can't handle a regular school or like it's not been the fit for you how can we figure this out? Like, let's, let's try to, to figure it out together. So that, that's just what I would try and do. Um, uh, am I asking Jenna Stevens? Uh, sure. So Jenna Stevens is saying, my kid is getting all Fs and he's being a troublemaker. Should I homeschool him? She Look, also I, said, she also said she just got her CNA license, and I want to say, yay, because I got mine. Oh, my wife has a CNA license also, and that's what she's been doing for the last few years, so and she, she loves it. Um, she I says, would say. Oh, uh, hold on. She also said, friends are very bad influence. I've got uh, five calls about him and his friends dishing. I'm just having a side on side if, he, if I should homeschool him or private school. So... 
I think trouble finds trouble and there's something going on that needs to be addressed because yeah. there seems to be an issue. Like it's a generally I think that behavior is like a cry for it's a hundred percent a cry for look I, I would say I would say this that I think that the the trouble isn't school or 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 the people that go there, right? Like I always found good friends in school. It was just like <laughs> something I did. My wife, on the other hand, when I first met her, picked like the worst friends all the time, like ditching school, like getting high during lunch, like drinking at parties at hotels and stuff like that. I came along. I was like, yeah, I never, I never did any of that stuff. Like I don't like, I, don't, I would not even know where to obtain any drugs. Um, and I, I think that, that, you, so you just find that until you find another way. So I, look, I don't, I don't know what the deal is, but I, I, let me, I'll throw a couple of things out there. I think that mentors really help. I think that people that care about you deeply and, and help you out. So like maybe, big brothers or something like that. Maybe, um, I don't know what his male role model situation is, but I find that with my students, my boys at school, male ro- mole, mole role models really, really help. I think maybe therapy, maybe like finding what the deeper causes, because all I think all kids want to be loved. I think they all want to do well. And when they don't, there's something else going on there. And so I think that would be my first answer that if I got that phone call, it would be, something along those lines like what else can we do outside of school that's going to help because even if you're homeschooling he's still gonna be able to text all of his friends he's still gonna have free time to go out like now he doesn't have to wake up in the morning now he doesn't have to be held accountable and do you want to have that kind of burden i don't know uh like to stay home with your kid every day and teach him could be awesome right but it might be a nightmare also might not be what he needs um so i think trying those other kind of different ways to, to break into whatever's going on there might really help. Cool. Uh, a few more. Cause it, we're at about an hour and a half. Um, Al DeMero Narv, oh, bro. I'm so sorry that I can't say people's names. Narvaez. Narvaez. I think I'm, I'm going with that one. Um, thanks for all your help, Mr. R. How do we change the three years of out cycles for new teachers. Seems like we lose a lot of great people every year and I'm uh, in constant fear of losing our best people. So I don't know if you're an admin or not, but look, I, I, my school that I started well, I didn't start there, but like I've had any number of administrators over the years. My principal that I had coming in to this school was the best principle I could ever ask for, right? Like, and and the reason for that was one, he always had my back. Two, no matter what I wanted to do, he he tried to find funding for it or he just let me go do it. So um, Dr. Tennant, I want to go downtown with a graffiti artist. He's going to teach the boys about the history of graffiti art, what different graffiti art means. And then they get to spray paint on t-shirts in, a, in an alleyway downtown Philadelphia. He goes, awesome. I wish I could go with you. Dr. Ten, I want to bring in a DJ that's going to teach the boys how to spin records old school. Awesome. And then came in and sat in on the session to check it out with a big smile on his face, not to just like see if this was worth his money or his time or his effort. Um, that when I spazzed on a kid one time and I did, I made the wrong move. He backed me in that meeting, but then we figured out how to handle that going forward. That you know, anytime I've seen him in public gives me a big hug, like happy to see me every single day, like, like 
funding th- like bringing snacks into school and what like just going into people's classrooms just out of general interest to see how you're doing if there's anything that you needed like i think teachers feeling like getting rid of lesson plans we don't do lesson plans at our school first and second year teachers have to do them but once they're through their second year you no longer have to do lesson plans they have to do unit plans but no like week to week lesson plans that fills you with so much sense of like I can do anything. Like my classroom looks the way that it does because my principal allowed it. Um, And I think when you're given that level of autonomy, when you're treated like a professional and like that, no matter what happens, you got someone's back and that you care for them, you win. And who wouldn't want to teach at your school? I mean, and we don't make like, like we don't make any better money than anybody else does, right? Like we're totally average in that, in the charter school at that too, not even public school money because that's like hashtag balling. But people stay because they like the leadership. That's the only way you get people to stay is if they like the leadership and if they feel backed and supported and cared for. And so I think that that's what I would do. I think that's a good question. Um, sorry. Uh, Melissa Reams says, I love my job, but I'm tired of being asked to inflate grades that students did not earn just so that the parent won't get mad. Do you ever have, have you ever had to deal with that and, uh, or something like this? Yep. I've dealt with it almost every year since I've taught, I just don't do it. So, um, teaching in Camden, we weren't allowed to give kids less than a 55. I didn't sneakily not like go below. I didn't like sneak their grade in there. I let admin know there's under no circumstances. Will I ever change a grade? This is a literally your grade book is a legal document and I will not fudge those numbers. Now, if you guys go in and change stuff, that's on you, but it needs to be initial because if you don't put an initial in there, if you don't put a note in there saying that you were the one that changed it, I will go in and say, just so you know, like, um, like special note, so-and-so had a 19 this trimester, but you know, it was changed by admin to this number. And I would a hundred percent put that in there and I would not budge from that ever. Cause what kids look, I get it. I, and Richard Royster and I have talked about this before online and he's, he actually has some really good views on this. I get if a student starts off and they have a 19 and then they try really hard. And then now they've screwed themselves for the rest of the year. You can, there's always something you can do with that, but it never comes without putting in work. I am not handing a kid a grade that says they pass if they failed, um, no matter what. Now, look, if you put in work and you tried harder at the end of the year than you did at the beginning of the year, I get it. If you were sick, if you had someone die, if you were going through something, like whatever, I understand. But we will figure out a way for you to make that grade up going forward. Um, But I will not just change your grade. Now, on a couple of occasions, there have been kids that have had a 68 or 69 that have started off awful and then crushed it over the year. And I have changed, um, I've changed their grade to like, you know, uh, like a 70 or something like that, just to, to hook it up. But um, they, oh, some is all on that shit, I think. Okay. That was me. Um, so I think that uh, that's, that's just kind of like how I would handle that. Um, but I, I just don't change grades. And maybe like talk to some other teachers that you respect in your school, see how they handle it with, um, to to see how they've sort of like navigated that over the years um especially for people that seem to stand their ground and and are like on top of their grades so that's that's how i would handle that good cool all right we're gonna end it there because we're an hour and a half in um 
I would say a couple of things. One, if you've not checked out Teachers Connect, you can go over there. If you want more answers, you're trying to find people that actually teach your content um, or your grade level or something, it's an easy place to just drop your name in and stuff and say like, hey, this is what I do. And, and this is how I, you know, I, I, these are the type of people that I want to get down with. Two, I would say if you go to the top of this chat, there is an, um, a connect for ISTE. There's a link for uh, ISTE. Myself, Pocketful of Primary, and lettered classroom are all trying to speak together in one session but we need people to vote on that so that we can do that um so if you'll please 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 go over there it won't take more than a few moments of your time to vote for that it would be awesome yes to me jessica asked you a question that you're um and then jessica's asking says weird side question do you ever come speak to teachers at schools because atl needs you to come and visit, I think your passion and compassion would help a lot of schools. I do speak. So Jessica, you can go right on to realrapwithreynolds.com and you can contact me on there and I would be more than happy to come speak at any school. I love this stuff. That's why I come on here every single week. Um, I'm thrilled to do it. So that's it, right? To everyone that donated tonight for uh, haircuts for my guys, I really, really appreciate it. You're awesome and I really appreciate it. I just said, but um, that's it. I hope everyone has a great day off tomorrow. And enjoy. Enjoy.